In three, two, one. What's up, George? What's going on in the House of Craze tonight? And the House of Craze tonight, we have Mr. Ari Gross, and he's going to be talk talking to us about Warden's Number One, which is a comic book, a 44-page comic book that he's got coming out on Kickstarter tomorrow. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about competition. We're going to be talking about competition coming yeah, right up. Good. Let's get it. We are the only show for independence all around. Giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craziest the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Santa Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man's listen to us on the go. Updated every week. Never miss a day. Join the squad. Come on in. It's time to catch the craze. If you are an independent, catch the craze. Making moves on your own, catch the craze. On your grind in the streets, catch the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze. <laughs> yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now. Now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most and the crazy man, Vera. And I am with George the Dreamer Medina. What's happening, everyone? Yeah, Welcome yeah, to yeah. another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. Oh. It's Tuesday. Oh, you could. January 16th, and we are coming to you live. We have another guest, another indie. What up, Lou? Another indie in the house. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about his new comic book uh, called Wardens, which I mentioned in the soft open there. And we're going to be talking to him in just a few minutes. But before we do that, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe, hit the like button, comment, do all that stuff, share the video. Uh, hit the notification bell so that you know exactly when we go live, usually Tuesday nights. So do that. Do that right now. Uh, what up, JD? JD's in the house. JD's got a, a Kickstarter as well. Yes, kid uh, right it. now. Yeah, yes, there's, 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 there's a lot of stuff going on, man. There's a lot, lot of stuff going on. But uh, what's happening, Sam? What you up to? What are you doing? What's up? And I'm on survival mode, bro. I'm on survival mode. Survival. Um, <laughs> I'm on survival mode. I'm a survivor. Uh, nah, man, just getting ready. You know, a lot of things coming, you know, getting ready for convention season. Uh, got lots coming down the pike. It's going to be an active convention season for me, uh, here in Texas, starting with, uh, Texoma next month in February. George, the dream of Medina will be joining me there Word. in Oklahoma. And then, uh, right after that, I'll be doing LitCon, um, which is in Greenville, Texas. It's a one day show. And then right after that, I will be in April. I will be at Central Texas Comic Con, which is in Waco. This is, uh, I'll be there for the second time. I, I was there last year. It was a very successful uh, event. Um, then uh, first time appearing in Houston in Comic Palooza. So I'll be there um, rocking out over there. Dan Price is going to be there. Uh, Marco, fantastic illustrator, will be there. So it's going to be fun. And then uh, in June, Superhero Comic Con in San Antonio, Texas. I'll be there. Again, that's going to be fantabulous. And then um, wrapping it up with College Station Comic Con, second appearance um, in September. So shout out to everybody at College Station. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a real, it's a 
really packed year. What's up, Hugo? Hugo, get paso. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm working towards. Um, I uploaded my latest blog, which is trending to to a thousand views, which is pretty dope. Which is nice. uh, where did all the people go? Um, that's on my art channel, The Art of Samuel. Um, if you haven't checked out my artist, um, my art vlog, check it out. A lot of behind the scenes stuff, tips and tricks, and learnings, and uh, it's really cool stuff. If you check it out, subscribe. That'll be dope. And um, let's see. And don't forget, duty. Duty is a comic strip in a kid in a comic. It's a newspaper full of fantastic comic strips published by a kid in a comic. You can get yourself a copy and have this paper delivered to your doorstep. That's right. Duty's not only a comic book, but he's also in a comic strip. So what is damn, you're doing double duty. That's what I'm talking about. Duty does what duty does. He so if you go to a kid in the comic.com, a kid in the comic.com, you get yourself a copy of this right here. And I think issue four just shipped, and uh, issue five will be shipping um in a in a month or two. So um that's what's going on there. Dang, someone else in Texas. Yeehaw. That's what I'm talking about. Giddy up. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's what's going on there. Um, the art channels continue to grow. We got a few more subscribers uh, this week, which is pretty fantastic. And, uh, you know, just really rocking out for this year and finishing up on the Kickstarter, um, which will probably be shipping sometime in, uh, in February. And uh, uh, so that's it. That's what's going on here. What about you? Ooh, so, yeah, no, I got a few things going on. So, Let's see, where do we start? Um, 25 years ago, I created a little guy named Russ, and uh, we published it in 2003 through Crazy wow. Comics. Back in and the this year, yeah, this year, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the guy, I'm actually going to be um, re-releasing the book that I did. Those are some of the pages of the book that I did way back, way, way, way back in the day. 2003, yeah. Sammy, 2003, yeah. at the Big Apple Comic Con. Yeah. So I'm going to be releasing that. Um, so what I'm doing is, if you guys haven't done so yet, subscribe. I have I have a YouTube channel called Get Your Meds. And on it, I have a, a show called The Art of Comic Writing that I put out every week. Uh, this week's guest is Ben Tinsley. Check that out. That, that airs tomorrow. But if you subscribe to the channel, you comment in any one of those videos, email me um, that you've done so. I will send you a PDF of that book, of the first issue of Russ, as I drew it, as I wrote it. Um, as I colored it, lettered it, did all that good stuff. So this was this was this is uh, years years ago. I'm actually going to be uh, printing out some issues, limited edition 25. I'm going to print out not 25. I'm going to print out a limited edition run of the book, and I'm going to be selling it this year at the conventions that I'm going to be at. So let's see where am I going? I'm going to be with you. I'm not I'm not exhibiting at this one, but I'm going to be with you at Texoma in April. Um, I'm going to be at C2E2. I'm not exhibiting. I'm just walking the floor. Then in July, I just signed up for Plastic City Comic Con. Big shout out to Keith Gleason, who has the Mighty Mascots. He's got a show called Indie Comics Relay here yeah. on YouTube as well. So check him out. He's got a, a convention called Plastic City Comic Con in Massachusetts. So I'll be going out there. That's July 20th. So check that out. Get tickets. Go to the website. And then on, uh, when is it? On August 10th and 11th, I will be at Wicked. I'm going to stay in Boston. I'm going to go to Wicked. Wicked Comic Con. And that's uh, those two shows. That's where I'll start selling the, the book. So make sure you check that out. And then in September, I have the Baltimore Comic Con. Baltimore. Yes, that's in September. And then, you know, I'm working on uh, going back to the New York Comic Con this year with Mr. Johnny C. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah, Part Johnny two. C. Yeah, we're working on it. I think Johnny Syfax might be joining. Sebastian Monet. Of the Nerds that's of the Lamb. Chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all you guys in one booth? 
No, no, no. It's going to be like, we're split, you know, we're just trying to get boots together. So damn. let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. But yeah, that's what's going on. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Check out my website, getyourmeds.com. Follow me on social media and stay tuned. I'm going to have a lot of things going on for Russ this year. Wonder Duck is still in production and I have a few more books that I'm working on. I'm actually, I'm actually re-releasing the book um, for Russ, the graphic novel with a new cover. I have an artist that's working on a cover. I'll show you guys as soon as I get that for the 25th anniversary. And uh, if you want to pick up the digital versions of uh, Russ 5377, you can go to the Any One World uh, platform, anyoneworld.com. Check that out. Pick up uh, issues one through six digitally. They're there. If you uh, put the, the promo code podcast uh, during checkout, you can get all of that. You can get a discount for, uh, for checking it out. So, yes. That's what's going on. Did you with, say they get a 50% discount? Yeah, they get a 15, 15%. <laughs> 50 would be nice. 50 hey, would yo, be nice. I have 50. I have 50. We have some uh, we have customers some always right. Up. The customer's yeah. always right. Oh, no, listen, we, we have some <laughs> discounts coming up. So stay tuned because there are going to be some more discounts for uh, some of the books over at the Any One World. So Go to make a shirt. The front of it says customer's always right. The back says say, psych. <laughs> Psych, bro. Uh, but yeah, man, it's gonna be a busy year. Busy year for me. Oh, um, busy. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm trying to. Trying and to I have haven't, fun. yeah, and I haven't even announced the book signings um, in bookstores right. yet. So that's coming down yeah. the pike too. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting year. Um, and it is funny because I got something every month, that's with good. the exception of August, October, November, and December. Uh, so, thanks, Lou. Appreciate you. Yeah. So, um, Louie. I love watching the art writing with George and his guests, and I'm an artist. There you go. Great uh, artist. No, you're not, not just an artist. artist. What are you talking about? Come you're not on, just Lou. Come on, Lou. No, if you haven't seen Lupin's work, Ooh. man, you haven't seen Lupin's work. Yeah, she's killing it. She's awesome. <laughs> JD, it's like this played out. Never, bro. It's It'll never played back. out. Right? Just like dope. Just like dope. Yeah. Psych yeah. is going to come back. Why? Yes. We're bringing it back. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back, kid. I backed it up. For real. I'm neither artist or writer, but the ah oh, man, thank you. Hugo, appreciate you, bro. There you go, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm having fun doing it, talking to writers uh, about writing. I've had a couple of 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 our, I think I had Sebastian on there, I had Anibal on there who are who are most who are mostly artists, but they're storytellers, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta you especially when you're doing comics, you gotta be able to tell that story sequentially on a page. Word. So that counts. That counts Word. as writing. Word. Um, dope. <laughs> I'm Audi. Wow. Audi, you Audi, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> How about yup, yup? <laughs> Remember that? Yup, yup. <laughs> you whack. <laughs> you whack. Well, that stuff is still there, man. Well, spaz. Remember spaz? <laughs> spaz. Scrub. Remember yeah, scrub? scrub. I don't want no scrubs. Herb. You herb. Herb, yes. Herb. Bro. Being yeah. a herb, son. Oh, he got herb. <laughs> he got herb. <laughs> Yo, he got herb. Wow. Oh, trifecta. <laughs> got to complete the psych and dope. Trifecta with rad. Wow, he went rad. Rad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> fly. Oh, fly. Yo, yes. yo, I'm fresh. Yo, I'm fresh. I'm styling. Those kicks are fresh. Yo. <laughs> How old are we? Hold. We're know. bringing all that back. Everything's coming back. It back. It's over. 
It's all but you know, back. you know, you know. Everybody's envious of that era. Everybody's like, "Damn, what was it like?" That was a good era. That was the that was the time. You know, it was it was it was, was, it was dope. Era. You were dancing in the streets. You were wearing your shell top Adidas, your right. eight ball jacket. That's right. <laughs> Remember the eight ball jackets? Yeah, the jackets. The eight ball the starter jackets. Yes, your man. starter jackets were the ish, man. Oh man, it was crazy. Those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway anyway yeah, anyway we're reminiscing we're reminiscing yes that's uh, i know right who, who's saying so, that reminisce reminisce it was uh, p-rock Rock is still smooth there you yeah. go that's right yes right reminisce over you my god jd if you bounce you're gonna like i mean stick around because you're gonna like this next topic that we're gonna be talking about in just a few minutes your new intro will have color me back <laughs> color me bad yo. i adore out of all the songs that's the one take off your clothes i'll make you feel at home remember that oh, <laughs> don't get me started it's don't over get started, don't get me started <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say new kids on the block. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's it. You got the right the stuff. Wow, there you go. There you go. Love I the way you fan. turn me on. Be, be, like, be honest. You you had the buttons. You had the buttons. No, my sister had the buttons. I used to take I her buttons it. and I used to I flirt with the it. girls. I'll give you a button if you <laughs> if you go to the movies with me. <laughs> like, I'll go to the movies with you. Oh, snap. My sister had all that the buttons, and, and uh, that was the way I got it. Got get the girls. I used to sneak it out of her room. Hey, Melissa, I know you like Donnie Wahlberg. I got his button. Donnie, damn. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, that was oh, those <laughs> days. JD, JD, JD just sent the message. He's the best. Oh, man. Anyway. We're getting a little. I think why don't we get our meds, bro? I'm feeling why don't we sick. Get I know. And, get a, and take our yes. meds, man. Let's do this. It's time for your medicine. The competition is too good. Can't just wing it. Why not? <laughs> 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 oh man all right all right let, 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 let's let, let's let's get this let me get this straight let's get it straight when you say competition yes who and do i know you, you don't like what, that word but that's a what fact. do you mean what do you mean by competition that's who, everybody who bro. is the competition who is everybody it? that's in the same playing field in the same arena that you're in that's your competition. Everybody that's taking market share. Everybody that's taking somebody else's money from their wallet before you got it. It's That's the competition. So if you're in that same space, if you're creating comics and it's a fantasy genre, if you're creating comics and sci-fi, whatever it is, you're competing with everybody else. And in today's game, with today's technology, the competition is getting thicker and thicker. There's no room to wing it. You can't just not have a plan. All right, I, I, I will say this about that, okay? Um, for me, the more we compete, like you said, within our sandbox, because we're not competing with Marvel. We can't compete with Marvel yet. We don't have the market We don't have the fan base. We, we we're not competing with them. That isn't the competition. Unfortunately, we're competing with each other. Word. And what happens is when you compete with each other, all we're doing is making it easier for the big guys to continue to take the market share because all we're doing is we're taking each other out. That's yeah. all we're doing. Yeah. So for me, we com I compete with me, right? I compete with myself. 
How am I going to make my book better than I did last week, last year, whatever? That's what I'm competing with. I can't sit here and worry about what you're doing. I can't. I can't sit here and say, all right, well, ooh, I'm sitting next to Sam. Sam's selling. I need to cut that out. I need to sell more than he's selling because, A, it, it's, it's pointless. It, it really is. It, it, to me, it's, it's, it's pointless. I got to worry about what I'm doing. That, that's the way I look at it because, seriously, we're, we're just going to knock each other out. Think about wrestling. Remember wrestling back in the days? Royal Rumble, right? The big show is, in, is, is inside the ring, and there's a whole bunch of other little guys in there. You got to pick up the big show and get them out of the ring together if you, have, if you want any chance to win against each other. Now, once we knock off Marvel and DC and Image and Dynamite and, and Boom and all those guys, then we can talk about competing with each other and knocking each other out. But until those guys are here, competing with each other is pointless, dude. We're just going to kill each other. We're just going to wipe each other out. That's all we're going to do. So that mindset, I understand what you're saying as far as like, you know, you can't just wing it. No, you can't just come in there and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a staple of book and sell it. No, you can't. You can't. It's not going to sell because people want more. The, the audience, it's gotten smarter than, than not smarter, but they want better um, from us because they seem better. So that's that's what I mean. For me, competing, I, you know, it's that's why I say that word. It's like, eh. No, you you don't like it because uh, um, for the, for that reason that you just stated. For me, uh, the, the 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 word competition means motivation. The word competition means. But then let's use motivation. No, it's competition. The reality is, if you're <laughs> in an arena where you're trying to get market share and somebody to pay money for your product, the other guy wants the same money, right? Mm -hmm. So that customer has to decide which one is it, right? So what I mean by with competition is, you're, you're you're going up against AI, right? You're going now. Everyone now you got you got people who don't have an artistic ability using AI to tell stories and create comic books and people are fascinated by the, the quality that's coming out of a computer generated product, right? You're going up against guys um, who have the budget to hire pro level artists, right? You know, you, you're going against teams that are like cultivating themselves to really, you know, compete in the arena. So you can't wing it. So what I'm saying is you have to have a plan, in, in order for you to gain credibility and longevity in a space that's oversaturated because the quality is going to rise to the top. And if you're not focused on your A game and you're not thinking about long term and assessing successes and failures you, or, or even learning from the countless of other stories and people who came before you who are showing you avoid this, avoid this because you feel like you're smarter. Oh, that's never going to happen to me. We've had. I could, we've had dozens of guests that came on this show that made mistakes because they didn't take heed the warnings, right? That went out there and did and did, did all the things they shouldn't have done because they didn't heed the warning because they thought they were smarter. They didn't prepare, right? They, so what happens is they put out a poorly produced product with a poorly um, um, conceptualized strategy. And what happens? So now you're dealing with depression, low morale, you know, and you got to work twice as hard to regain that. You know, so that's for me comp competing. Yes, you have to compete with yourself. You have to be better today than you were yesterday. And you have to work towards tomorrow to be better than you were today. Right. Uh, tweeted mainstream creators are asking him how to crowdfund. The market will get flooded soon. You'll need to find this. Yeah. Yes. You need to find a way. It's it's already flooded. It, it's, already have flooded. To, it's, it's already like it's already like you can see it. It's it's been like the, the, the market's been flooded. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you have you have Todd McFarlane saying, hey, guys you know, draw a cover and I'll put it and, and I'll put it on. So now 
you have all of these indies and all, and all sure, everybody like 500 people who are lying. Yeah, it's crazy. Together, right now, when you when when that happens, yes, that's competition because you're trying to win a prize. No, it all prize, anything's competition. The, the you got Target, no, you got Walmart, they're competing for the same hold space. Hold on, hold on. That is straight up because there's gonna be a winner. Okay, mm -hmm. when you're talking about the competition, you're talking about. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge sports fan, bro. I love sports. I hate to lose. I do. I'm very competitive on the court. I'm very competitive on the field. I compete. I love competition. I know how to compete, though. There, there's there's such thing as healthy competition, and there's such thing as dirty competition. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you is that to me is competition. This right here, what we're doing, I'm not saying we gotta be kumbaya and, and everybody get along. No, that's not gonna happen. There, it, there's egos involved. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things involved. <laughs> but to me, I feel like if you sit there and try to compete against each other, what you're doing is you just you're just knocking each other out. No, it, it, is, it isn't about identifying somebody. It's about making sure that you have a plan, making sure that you have that you have a a, a product that yeah yeah you're competing with you. That's what right. I'm saying. But you're competing because you're going you. into a space. That's heavily saturated. Sure. And you go into a space where there's people who already have a foundation set, right? Mm -hmm. You and and if you're not understanding trends, you're not understanding what's happening in the game, you, you know, what's working, what's not working. And if you're not assessing your product or getting testing and trying, using you know, uh, your, your, your friends or whatever to give you feedbacks before you enter that space, you're going to fall flat on your face. And that, that's basically what I'm saying is making sure you just can't wing it. You just can't say today I'm going to wake up. Hey, everybody's doing a Kickstarter. I'm going to do a Kickstarter. And then next year you launch it in, in a week. Right. You no promotion, no, no, no strategy right. around it. None of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Because you, you've seen, Absolutely. oh, everybody else is making money. Why can't I make money? Or you say everybody else is making a comic. Let me put a comic together. And then you go mm -hmm. and staple some stuff together or whatever. Your every font is different on every page. The size is different. Right. The bubbles, don't, there's no consistency. There's no format. There's no flow. So what I'm saying is if you're going to get into this space, look, this this channel alone, we have hundreds of videos of success and failure stories. If you want to find out what to do, what not to do, things to avoid, just go into our database. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of other yeah. podcasts out there with similar stories, right? Do your homework before you enter it because you're, because you're competing. You can't wing it. If you don't have a plan, you're going to fall flat on your face. Rick, Rick says, shame on YouTube for not sending me a notification. <laughs> what out, Rick? How you doing, buddy? Adeli's in the house. Uh, what is it? But also in this day and age, if you're a jerk to others in the space, what will get out and they will come. Yeah, that's 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 the unhealthy competition I'm talking about, because yeah. some people don't know how to compete. <laughs> like, you know, what I'm saying like for I'll give you an example. Yeah. If you're if you're at a table. Right. And you're sitting next to somebody. It, it's healthy for you to let that person finish their pitch before you start saying, hey, want to check out this book? Because that's competition. If I'm trying we to had George, market, remember, in Jersey? Yeah. The guy that was just stealing our customers? Because that's comp that because yeah. and that's the that's the competition that I'm talking about that breeds that kind of stuff because they look at it as, oh my God, he's taking my sale. Dude, relax. Calm down, okay? Let me work my table. Indies, calm down. And, and eventually calm he'll down. get to you. But if we look at everything as competition, hey, that person's gonna say, "Hey, come here, come here." No, 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 you don't want that. No. You want this. I don't look I don't at a singular it. person as competition. I look at the arena that I'm going into as a competitive but field you, where right. I need to make sure that I'm coming equipped right. with my A game, yeah. right? And then you exactly. take the lessons learned from your time in it 
and say, go back, reset, what worked, what didn't work, and what do I need to do differently? Look at this, look at this post by JD. I 100% agree with that. I compete, I compete with you, want to beat yes. you on the court and still have a beer with you when the game is done. As long yeah. as you can challenge each other, agreed. But some people don't know how to do that, especially in this oh. space. How, how many, how many, and let's keep it real. How many um, artists, you know, I, I do, I'm sure JD does, you did. Hugo maybe does, Aralis maybe, did, you know, whatever. Play sports, competitive sports. Yeah. How many, after after drawing a comic, will go out and, and, and play some football with a, a couple of friends? I don't know. I don't know how many people do. I okay. do that. Jay, I, I compete with my best friends, my brothers. On the court, we hate each other. We hate each other, dude. We want to kill each other. When the game is over, we know the game is over. Win or lose, we're gonna like you said, we're gonna go out and have a beer. Dude, see, I play. We played street ball, street football. You ever play oh, street football? Of course. There's no, there's no padding. There's nothing. I no. got my ribs. My ribs this guy hit me so hard. I thought I hit by a Mack truck. Right. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right. When, when I, I'm getting you right. Right. But we hung out. We went to school. We played handball. Whatever. Yeah. We just school. I got into a fist fight with a lot of my best friends, right? Bah, 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 bah. But then at the end of the day, we're we're going Please and playing video games together, uh, right? It's fight. <laughs> so, but but, but, what I'm but saying this, is in the, but there's the a interest. winner, but there's a winner, right? There's a winner at the end of that, right? Nobody. There's a winner and a loser. That see that to me, that's competition. Win or lose, I I compete to win. I don't compete well, to if lose. You play me on handball court, it's over. I you compete to win. That's what I'm saying. I'm competing to win <laughs> in this space. I'm competing to succeed now. Well, if this person over here loses, it's yeah, going to be, it's gonna be because they weren't yeah, ready. It's going to be because they weren't ready, Sam, to your point. It's going to be because they weren't ready. Not right, because I necessarily beat them. They just right. weren't ready. They win. The, the, the whole focus was, the, the whole the whole topic was the competition is too good. You you have to have a plan. You just can't wing it. That's what the whole the whole subject is. It's about understanding <laughs> what you're getting yourself into and be making sure you do your work. You do your due diligence and you have a plan. You just can't go out there and just make and hope for the best, right? And you got to test and try because yeah, he was scared to face me. Oh, I didn't know you had skills, bro. <laughs> He's Puerto Rican, bro. Go, go, to, go to Hugo. Oh, snap. <laughs> Hugo. Also, folks don't pick, just pick one book, one series, one author. There's room for everyone. And yeah. you're competing on the 30K car sale. Folks can usually afford at your table and someone. Yes. A hundred percent. I that's what I'm saying. That Hugo's that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I've been very fortunate enough that in some of the last conventions I've been at, <clears throat> where I've had like anime artists and they kill it, right? They they had they they kill it. When when you, and when you look at and I've been very honest on my vlogs and and, uh, and 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 talking that a lot of my influence and in how I set up my booth is because of these anime artists. They they're really detailed about how they approach presentation yeah right and yeah. so and a lot of times that they, they have lines and they're right next to me right so i take that and i become a student i'm like look at what is it what are, and i look at the quality of their presentation i look at their delivery and their pitch and i use that to be more be better prepared the next outing for myself right so i take it as tips so that's what i'm saying is have a learn be a student learn um uh test and try but have a plan have a finished product that you can stand tall on. Have a plan on how to promote that product. How to plan on where to where to promote that product, and then and have an elevated pitch. I mean, it's, it's a full package deal, right? You got to have the presentation. You have to have the product. You have to have the pitch, right? And the ability to connect with people. You just can't just assume because everybody's doing comics. I'm going to do a comic, and and I'm just going to be successful because I got a comic. Nah, the man. We got you know how many bodies are out there in the field because. 
didn't have a, a good they might have had a good product but didn't have a good strategy mm-hmm. or they had they they're, had they're a bad product but yeah. a great strategy yeah right ready. right so it was like it's about understanding um what do you want to get out of it and planning to be successful with all that great. competition and vitriol are radically different everyone should embrace competition in one way or another there's lessons to be learned when you're in the mix absolutely and george remember new york city comic-con remember the faces of those that did not understand the convention game yeah. That not something. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you gotta come prepared. You gotta yeah. come ready. You gotta come you have ready. to come ready, bro. When when we're talking about when we're talking about being prepared and not winging it, a hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. Because you're you're gonna get lost in the you're you're definitely gonna get lost in the sauce. If you go in there and, and you're not ready for what you're about to step into, and and being ready means doing your research, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting down, you know, watching videos like the ones that you have on your art channel, for example, mm-hmm. right? Walking around the oh, that's what a convention looks like. Oh, that's what's happening behind the table. Well, that it's important to do that, dude. It's important to even like for me, right? Like C2E2. Before I can do a show like that, dude, I want to know what's what I'm what I'm stepping into. I've never been to that show. Now, convention, you can say convention's a convention, dude. You did NYCC. It doesn't matter, dude. Like it doesn't matter that NYCC, it doesn't matter that I've been to San Diego. Every convention is a different animal, and yep. you gotta approach it that way. And it all depends on what's happening that period of time, too. Sure, around right? like we went to a yeah. convention. We went to a convention that nobody showed up when, right? Because they ran it on the same day as the Texas Fair, the yes. Great State Fair, right? So that's a big thing annually, the Texas State Fair, and everybody was going there. Nobody came to the show, right? If, you know, check out my latest vlog. You'll see what happened. Yeah, Baltimore last year. Baltimore was dead. Baltimore was dead because it was. It, it was opening day of football and the and the Baltimore Ravens were playing at home that right. same weekend. What do you think is gonna happen to the convention? It's gonna it's gonna be dead. It was dead. It was dead. But they have to book those, they have to book those so far ahead of time. And they didn't know when the schedule of the football schedule was gonna come out. So it was unfortunate for them. But things like that happen, right? So I may go to I may go to Baltimore last year and be like, oh, I can do this. Isn't really anybody here? Where, where's the uh but yeah, that's exactly what happened, deal. right? So I did a convention last yeah. year in Texas, and I was like, ah, it was less than stellar. But you know what? Now I'm going to try it again. Maybe it was right. an anomaly. The second mm-hmm. year, I was like, all right, no, Sam, this is just it's just not a good show, right? So I was like, I'm not yeah. going back, right? Yeah. So you learn from it, and you pivot, and you adjust, right? Yeah. This year, I decided 80% of the shows I'm going to do is going to be a new show in Texas because I want to test and try, right? And then learn from that and see, oh. is, that, is that my audience? Is this what I need? Um, Is that, you know, is that? And then yeah. who is the audience here, and what are they like, right? right? Right. Um, so I knew that, like, if I, I mean, JD tried right. to tell me ahead of time that Puerto Rico was oh, the anime, NBA, yeah. right? And it was a fact. It, it was, it was like eighty percent of the fans at the Puerto Rico Comic Con were all anime fans. So, so JD, I, I forgot about the SPX down in Bethesda. That we did the SPX one year. Um, you guys did it. Didn't. You didn't go there? I no. thought you did. I know. Oh, okay, yeah, that was. Uh, we went out there with the wolf. Yeah, he left. Yeah. He was out there with us. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a good topic. Yeah, yeah, so there's it, a lot of feedback. Thank you so much, everybody, in, in the chat, man. People got yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, the, the moral of the story is if you, any any space that you're going to go into where you're asking for somebody to open up their wallet, make sure mm-hmm. that you're ready. Yeah. I've ended at a con that decided to run on the same week at New York Comic Con. That was rough. Yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, no, no, you're yeah. no, know exactly what you're getting into. Know the market. Know who it is. Do do some counter surveillance before you go to a convention, right? That's what and, I do. Uh, that's what I do. You know, and uh, but do your homework, right? And 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 get ready because 
there's there's several steps to this game, right? It's the product, it's the presentation, yeah. and then there's then 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 it's the person, right? When you're at the show, you have to be charismatic, you have to be engaging, you have to be standing up, you have to look people in the eye, you got to smile, all these other things that come with it, right? But um, start with your product and your strategy first. Yeah, be genuine about it too. Yeah. I think that also, if you're going into these conventions as a spectator to walk around, yeah, it's a fun convention. You're going there to have a good time. But go out there and ask questions. You know, talk to the people behind the the, the yeah. tables. Don't just walk around and not talk to anybody. Talk to them. See what's yeah. going on. Hey, how's the show? Is is it a good show? You know what's going on. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. don't be afraid of, to, to, to start a conversation because um, it was uh, it was a referral from an artist that I met at yeah. a convention. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And, you know, build your network. But uh, yeah, so we have uh, a guest in the audience. Um, and uh, we do want to remind everybody that we do offer sponsorships. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Ari Gross. Do you have a Kickstarter campaign and you're trying to figure out how to get the word out? You look online and you see the competition is fierce. Comic cons are slowly coming back. But in the meantime, how do you spread the word? worked for hours creating your campaign you post on as many social media sites as possible trying to get the word out to no avail well look no further why not sponsor an episode of cast the craze podcast the fastest growing indie podcast in the market today that 30 second promo can get you an extra two to three backers or more who knows? Let's go. Hit the link below and get one step closer to a successful campaign. What's up? Hey, Grace. What's going, going on, guys? Good, man. Good. Um, How you doing? I'm just chilling. Guys talking about competition. That's that's pretty cool. It's like it's an interesting headspace when you walk into this sort of and that's something I've been thinking a lot about. I'm coming to hot. I was coming hot. <laughs> I like it. Coming oh, yeah. hot, kid. <laughs> But yeah, when you walk in, so I've been I've been checking out. So this is uh, I haven't I haven't uh, tabled at any cons or anything yet. I'm hoping to do so this year. This is like do the comic, print the comic, start tabling. Like I've got the plan and everything. Uh, but it is kind of crazy when you walk around. And you're just like you're talking to one person, you're talking to another person, talking to another person. And they're like, even if they have totally different things, like your time there is still kind of finite. Like mm -hmm. as, as a consumer, you have to like make some choices and you only have a certain amount of, you know, dollars in your wallet that you're willing to spend. Like, you know, I have like a bit of like a mental hard cap when I go to those things. It's like, is there something that's really nice? It's like, someone's like, Oh, there's a cool print. I did it. It's like watercolor. It's printed on this like cool paper, 80 bucks, a hundred bucks or whatever. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, so now I have to think, is that in my budget or not and yeah. stuff. So like mm -hmm. as a consumer, like, I don't know, like, like it goes through my mind all the time. And now I have to start transitioning the way to think as a person who's tabling, like, am I going to be offering something that's totally yeah. different than what everybody else is doing? You know, is yeah. it, is it the kind of thing people are looking for? So yeah. I, I, it's funny. Cause I hear you both on that. It's like, on the one hand, like everyone's doing their own thing. We're all competing with ourselves, tell our best stories or best art, put our best stuff out there. But you are still like next to someone else who's selling another product and, you know, like, hundreds and thousands of people around you are doing the same thing so like you got to figure out a way to make yourself unique and make yourself be something that's yeah. you're doing something that nobody else is doing you know yeah 100 percent. i, I, I think see. you know what it is i think I, and sam you and i've done this together for a long time oh three we were doing conventions together there, there's a lot going on at a convention right? when you sit behind that table it's a totally different mindset right 
there's a lot of you, you want to sell your books. You put up, you, there's so much pressure, so much money spent. You got to make that money back. To me, the, the way I look at it is if I now add to that stress, the fact that that guy next to me selling $80, $90 prints and nobody's coming to my table, I'm going to mess myself up. So I got I to gotta have blinders on and say, okay, this is what I have to do. I got to focus on what I need to do. And hopefully that $5 book I'm selling is more enticing than that $80 print that they're selling over there because my charisma is going to win them over. The He's going to open up the book and he's going to want it. You know, all those kind of things. I think that you have to help yourself. Otherwise, you're doomed. You're doomed. You're not, you're not, some people can't get out of that headspace, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got, you got to have the confidence in yourself and what you're doing yeah. and the confidence in like whatever you're there at, whatever, whatever you're selling, like, you know, that's got to be the best, you know, for, for whatever niche it is, for whatever like groups you're trying to hit, you know. And I don't know. If you're not putting out your best work, then you're not doing it right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, yeah. So speaking yeah. of that, so you know, here's you're an indie creator. You have your book. Uh, this is your first created Kickstarter. You know, how did you second Kickstarter? Oh, it says first on the on the page. Um, oh, it says the first issue for uh, this. This is a new series. This is number one in the new series. No, on the when I'm looking under your logo, it says first created, twenty eight backed. Uh, on the page, so. That, that's what I'm reading. Okay, about. weird. <laughs> it is weird. I'm gonna look into that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so, how did you? What was the mindset when you were creating your product? Um, behind creating it, what was your thought process on, like you're saying, you're getting ready um, to do your first appearances? What's the mindset behind um, your strategy? How did you form your strategy on how to promote it? Why did you decide to go that route with um, crowdfunding? So. So crowdfunding was sort of an, an easy thing to do because I knew I wanted to do the comic just myself. Like this is the kind of story that I don't think anyone's going to pick up. Uh, I'll, I'll just give people an overview just so we know what I'm talking about. Uh, Wardens is a, I guess, historical supernatural action comic series set in 1926 in Toronto in an immigrant neighborhood called The Ward. You can sort of think of it, uh, if you know New York, it's sort of like Toronto's Lower East Side at the point. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was very Jewish, Black, Chinese, Italian. Uh, basically, it was like the slums of the city and a lot of the rest of the city was constantly writing stuff in the newspaper of like, why don't we just tear the whole thing down? Like, this is a disaster. Why are people living here? They're full of disease and terrible and all that usual stuff. Yeah. Uh, they actually end up did like tearing a bunch of it down in the 50s. And that's where like right now, that's where like city halls. That's where like every single bank is. That's the financial district. Like all the money, like the biggest buildings, like they're right there in what used to be the absolute poorest neighborhood in town for like right. a good 70 years or something. Right. Uh, so I want to tell a story about this old forgotten neighborhood, um, telling it, uh, it mostly focusing on uh, the Jewish community there, the Chinese community, the black community. Uh, issue one is most more the Jewish community than the others, because that's sort of where it's all grounded in before it starts like spiraling out and exploring other people's, uh, what other people have going on, uh, exploring some of the other sort of, not secondary characters, but the other major characters, you know, yeah, we've got to start somewhere. And so like, a Jewish person myself who knows something about this community. I've done a whole bunch of research into it. Awesome. Uh, you know, start with what you know, right? You know, build there mm -hmm. and then build out. Yep. Uh, so I really wanted to tell this story because there was kind of nothing like it. It's I wanted to do something that was sort of like fun, supernatural, and just in a total different setting than anything else. And something that had a lot of Jewish characters sort of operating in this, you know, sort of old timey, like immigrant Jewish context, which there's not a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I mean, there's some there's books and stuff, but not a lot of comics. I think Daniel Calvin has 
something with like Houdini and uh, other superheroes, like Jewish superheroes in New York around 1900. This is a bit of a different sort of scene, uh, but it's, I want something that was like fun, high energy. Uh, as you can see from like the, the pictures, it's sort of like, it's more cartoony than like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and I wanted that feel. And even finding an artist, like finding my artist took months. Like I looked everywhere and, and people were throwing me stuff and I was like, it's just not the right style or it's not good enough or it's not, you know, like that's so right. hard. Yeah. Why did you go with a cartoony style? I'm sorry. I just yeah. You go said ahead. That I was like, I was like, hmm, I, like the because the the subject matter sounds it could be serious, right? You could That's you right. could go you could go with that serious, right? Why did you decide to go with the cartoony look um, to tell the story? Uh, so I I wanted this book to sort of get away from the. Uh, I mean, it would be really easy if you're talking about like you know like poor immigrants in a slum neighborhood to do something that's very gritty and depressing, people just mm -hmm. trying to get by. But I want to tell a story that has like some of that, but it's upbeat about it. And you sort of feel like it's got a good energy. It's got high energy. It's got the kind of things that you could uh, you could pass on to like, you know, like kids or something and they could read them and be like, oh, this looks like a fun book to crack open. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just I don't want to write something that's like really depressing. I want to write something that's like really upbeat. And I don't know. It's like when I close my eyes, like the main character, like Rachel, you had there, she's the one standing, like looking at the whole, like that night clinic speakeasy scene. I kind of yeah, always love picture... that scene. I mean, I, I mean it's yeah. just beautifully illustrated and rendered. It is. It is. Yeah. He took forever on it. I was emailing him. I was like, dude, where's the page? Where's the page? I would have taken just like, as long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a month. And he was like, I've finally done it. So yeah, I, looked at that, I looked at it and I got tired. I was like, Damn, so I had to draw that. <laughs> did, he, did, he, did he do everything on it? Pencils, things, oh, colors? Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy. Wow. Like, roughs to colors. Like, wow. The only thing he didn't do is the letters, which I didn't because I'm okay. crazy and have, I guess, an infinite amount of time to just to like stare <laughs> at like word balloons, get them like the perfect shape. And also I want to do it because it's like the dialogue in this and the phrasing and the diction is super important because people speak yeah. very different ways. You know, someone who's like Jewish in the 1920s is going to speak different than someone who's from a different cultural background at that time. Just like the phrasing is different. The terms yeah. used are different. There's yeah. a lot of Yiddish in there as well, which is like, even though it's not translated, you can get it from context. If you want to learn how to swear in Yiddish, read this comic. This is like <laughs> one of my main goals is to teach people Yiddish swear words because it's the best for that. Oi, je uh, volt. What is that? <laughs> Oi, Gavolt. Oi, oh, Gavolt. It's, it's kind of like Oi, Vey, but that's like Rachel's main thing. She's like, Oi, Gavolt, all the time. Uh, it literally means uh, like, oh, violence, but it's more like, bah! You know, it's like, uh, Ari, what, what, what did your, I mean, what did your research look like uh, when you're talking about the 1920s and you're talking about all these different cultures in that one area? What, did you watch videos? Did you read books? Like, what, what, what did it look like, your research? Uh, far and wide, there's a lot of stuff you can look at. Uh, historical research, I, I'm actually, I'm lucky enough that there's a book that came out called The Ward, which is about that neighborhood that came oh, out wow. about a few years before. Nice. And there's a sequel to this one that's people, they did an archaeological dig and they found some cool stuff from the site and they published another thing. So like a lot of this is just short stories about different, like just different things that are going on at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, little snippets, like a little here, a little there. So you, you sort of have to pick and choose. Uh, it's not like a single novel or anything. Right. And there are a couple of like, there's one novel that was written at the time that takes place and it. it was written like in the twenties. It wasn't like that great a novel or anything, but like, you know, read it just to get a bit of a, bit of a feel of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have a background in like history. So like I spent, I, I know that I can spend a long ass time doing research on things. So my mm -hmm. goal for this was like do enough research 
to like write the story and get good, but don't kill yourself like doing research because otherwise you'll never write it. You'll just spend your whole time and you'll have all these cool, interesting facts you want to shove in there, you want to talk about, but like you can't because they don't serve the plot. And mm -hmm. it's just like, here's a cool thing for the sake of it. It's like, sweet, put that in your back pocket, come back to it another time. We don't have time for it. On this page, we got like six panels, you know, like you're, it's like being a comic editor is, uh, not like editor, being a person like who writes and, and edits, I guess, their own stuff. You got to be, I mean, I do have a separate editor, but like you got to be tight is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You have to be like very judicious about the stuff that you use. So a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot on like the cutting room floor in terms of like cool yeah. stuff that I found. And, you know, maybe it'll come back another time. Maybe you won't, but yeah. if nothing else, like everything's got to be streamlined to like tell a character driven story, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like I like that approach, you know, and uh, for aspiring writers who are listening to this on any of the audio streaming platforms, um, where you do enough research to get to to be able to showcase that error, but then you add your flair to it to make sure that it's relevant to this era, right? So I love that approach because you got to know when to pivot and you know what to use and what not, and and when to add your own flair to it, where you're not just a copycat of something, but you're actually paying respect. It's like an homage to something, but with 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 your your this new age twist to it. I like that approach. What what brought you to that understanding for yourself? For it's, it's I always wanted to tell sort of like a like a fictional story. I didn't want to just tell a uh, like a historical, uh, like historical like an account of someone's life or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, I got the idea for Wardens. I think the first idea came I don't know like six years ago or something when I was reading uh, was it Gotham by Gaslight? And I was reading uh, and I was thinking like, wouldn't this be cool if there was a uh, like a Ragman version. For some reason, I latched on to Ragman. I don't know why. Uh, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a Ragman 1880s? Like, what would that look like? And that kind of became the villain. I was like, this sort of villain. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, a sort of possessed clothes, a bunch of uh, souls of people who've died in a fire get combined into this thing and they're out for revenge. And it's, it's this sort of like, it's kind of a venom sort of like, you know, multiple, like multiple entities inside it sort of thing. Uh, and I, I just latched on to like the villain really early. And then I started, it just sort of like slowly kind of came from there. So I don't know, like, it's weird trying to talk about like why you want to do stuff or like how it came to be. Like, it's just like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, there's a story here. Like, you know, I look up X on my notes. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, I'm clearly like moving towards this. Like, right. So we have a question for you. Yeah, Hugo says, "How do you learn to draw that line between research for your project and just doing going down a rabbit hole?" It's really, really, really hard. <laughs> uh, uh, for for me, I was basic. Like anytime, so Warren's got a lot of things. Like uh, it, it's got a lot of stuff about like prohibition era gangs and like rum running and stuff like that. And I, I went down like a giant rabbit hole for that. And then why well, sort of, you kind of realize after you do it for a while, like you're reading stuff and you're, once you start sort of reading kind of the same information or similar information, uh, nothing that's like sort of too new and too mind blowing, then you're kind of like, okay, I, I kind of got enough, like, you know, uh, but it, it's hard. I mean, you have to just like have a, have a feel for it, have an understanding of like, and also there's a bunch of stuff too that's that's like sometimes you need to know more but you don't know more so you just have to ask the right people like yeah. and you know you kind of need to know a little bit of what you don't know but you never know everything that you don't know so mm -hmm. like you know your research is never like really done in a way but yeah. if you show it to people and they'll be like that's cool but that's not how this is like 
you know that that guy wouldn't do that that's not the right name for this character like you you figured this out but you didn't quite get it right like if you pass it around you ask the right people people will tell you though they'll give you feedback you know and so that's i mean interpersonal feedback of course is like the best you know someone can tell you something rather than like trying to search for it online forever right yeah yeah, no. I, I also like uh, the array of characters that you have uh, in this book, Ari. I, one that stood out to me was uh, the Shmata, right? Shmata, can, yeah. can you tell me a little bit, or can you tell us a little bit about what Shmata, what the Shmata is, and, and right, why, yeah. why the name? How did you come up with that character? Who is he in the story? All of that kind of stuff. So the the Shmata is the collection of clothes I'm talking about. It's a bunch of clothes that are. Uh, uh, as you read, if you read the book, that the one scene that you just sh uh, showed, there's a fire in the factory, and earlier on, there's this guy, uh, Yakov, uh, a tailor. He's worked there for years, and he's trying to sort of save the factory uh, by, as you can see there, he's laying down these clothes that he's sewn. He's been trying mm -hmm. to make these new line of clothes with with sewn blessings into them, these brochas, these Jewish blessings that protect the wearer from all kinds of things, uh, and he's. He's trying really hard to like get the people in the factory to get his bosses to pay attention, but they're just like, dude, this is like, there's no way we can afford to do this. We're losing money as it is. Forget it. So they don't listen to him. He spends all his time like mastering these clothes and then making them exactly just so, and, and then everything goes to hell. And so he lays them all down. He's like, this is going to be the way that I'm going to protect myself and everyone else. These clothes are going to save me. They're going to save everybody. And it it the, uh, he he goes down and the shmata comes up and. Uh, and the Shmata ends up being a combination of him and like five other people's souls. And so it's these wow. various people out for revenge. So, the, so wow. one thing I like about the Shmata is their, their main goal is to like find out like who started the fire and just like take out whoever is responsible for that. Uh, oh. They're these diverse souls, but they're bound by like anger and rage. And like the only thing they really have in common is just like this desire for vengeance. And everyone else inside there has their own thing. So an issue too, there's someone who's been aggrieved by the Shmata and you don't really know that, or, or been aggrieved by, sorry, there's someone who be, is part of the Shmata who's been like aggrieved by somebody else. And you don't know that until like the Shmata shows up and is like, like it's time for me to settle, like settle our shit between you and me and like doesn't end very well for the other person. So there, there's a lot of like that, by having multiple sort of characters in this one character, you can then right. get, you, it's like it solves a bunch of like little plot things like oh we why does the shmata show up because the shmata hates this guy well why is the shmata hate that guy because this person did and you know whatever like you could right. you could start like connecting the dots really easily but i love the idea like i want words to be about clothes as well like not like fashion necessarily but like the garment industry since that's a huge part of jewish history especially yeah. in like canada and the u.s like as you probably probably know like the, i'm talking about lower east side like that's like that was we call it the shmata business shmata means rag in yiddish mm, okay. it was just where people worked a lot of people worked usually people who came over were pretty poor uh, a lot of them were tailors because it's a transportable skill it's something that you don't need to like you know you don't need to own land to be a tailor it's you you know you just need to like go to someone's house and you know do your work with whatever yeah. they give you even, or you can do it at home even which was often what a lot of people did and so it's a big part of like jewish history and it's a big part of my family history too like on my father's side my great grandfather opened up a factory in Montreal, a clothing factory, and my grandfather was a dressmaker for a while as well before they went into other businesses and stuff. So it's it's kind of part of like it's 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 like a deep seated part of like like my history and also like the history of Toronto because at this area in the ward, a lot of people there worked as seamstresses or tailors for the big companies there. So like 
just taking these little like bits of history and finding this like cool way to like weave them all together and tell this tell the story you know it, it sounds like this story has been in your mind for a long time how long did it take you to kind of like go from inception to like where we are right now how long did that process take for you so i i was seriously thinking about it for a few years uh it, it's like slowly started building i'm probably around i don't know 2017 2018 or something uh in 2020 uh, in may i told myself i'm out of excuses for like mm -hmm. writing anything mm -hmm. if i don't do it now i'll never do it i just sort of had this realization i sat down i started writing and i wrote like the whole thing like 264 pages of wow. like comic pages of this thing like not like great comic pages but like you know 206 <laughs> like i did it right. soup to nuts start to beginning you know origin to like conclusion of the story whole deal right and uh then i went around uh, talked to lots of people i was like hey how do i get this turned into a comic and they're like you have a 264 page comic have you done a comic before and i'm like no <laughs> and they're like so you want to make wait 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 let me get this right you know? and I was like, they're like dude just like do something small you know so i did i did uh short stories in tales from the cloakroom I got short stories in Fairy Tale from Mars, Might Magic and Monster in Laws, these other little like different genres I've been playing around with. Mm -hmm. And then I did my first Kickstarter campaign last year, which was Awakening, uh, which I, uh, I I want to do that to learn how to do a Kickstarter campaign. And that's yeah. a one shot. I was like, I'm just going to do one issue, one thing, understand how it's done. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I'll make my mistakes on this one and not on Wardens, wow. you know. Yeah. Fortunately, I didn't make like, too many mistakes, you know, but like all the little learning things you got to do, like you send something to the printer, the printer does it. And you're like, that's not what I asked for. And he's like, well, that's exactly <laughs> what you told me to do. And I was like, you're right. I suck. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so, so like all those kind of things, you know, like, you know, you, you know, it's like burn the first pancake a little bit. Right. Uh, right. but it turned out pretty good. The first pancake was all right. Everyone ate it. Everyone liked it. <laughs> I think. I don't uh, so yeah, so that's, so, so that's what I did. And then it's, I knew it was going to take a while to make because each issue is 44 pages. And once I found the guy I'm working with and he was like, I'll do everything. And I've seen his other stuff where he's done everything. And I was like, wow, that's really good. I can't believe I found one guy who'll do it all. Like that's like, and, <laughs> that's and I like him. Like that's crazy. Right. I was right. like, but you also have to understand if you're working with one guy who's doing it all, like this is not going to have a fast turnaround. I'm also not the only person in the world he's like doing stuff for. You know, he's got like a few other things. He's Craig stuff on a Kickstarter or on Instagram, I mean, like, you know, so so I knew it's gonna be long. My goal is to do like one of these comics a year. And then uh, I've got another series I'm working on. It's more of a, a fam a family drama, a horror called uh, Upkeep. It's a house horror thing. And I'm gonna try to do sort of like wardens and then upkeep and like try to get both of those uh, going once uh, uh once a year. And then sometime, right, I don't know, two other graphic novels or something stupid like that. Another, another <laughs> yeah. 300, 300 page, man. Exactly, uh, you know, yeah. Big, big, huge book. Uh, for those who just started watching or maybe just joined us, we're talking to Ari Gross, and he's got a, a Kickstarter launching tomorrow for his book, a 44-page comic book called Wardens, a new supernatural action comic series. Um, this sounds awesome, dude. Like, the, the concept sounds good. I, I, I always like stories grounded in, like, real, uh, like realism. You know, it's like fiction, but it's grounded on something that's real. And and the fact that you're using, you know, your, your background and, and are any of these characters, people that you've known in your life, or are these just things that came from your head? Like, are they grounded in any kind of reality, these characters? Uh, a lot of them are 
are like some of them are like inspired by like either stories of people in my family or some people sort of like Rachel, the main person, she looks like all the women on like my mother's side of the family, kind of just like short, <laughs> stout, like looks like she'll like, uh, you, you know, uh, Mrs. Maisel, uh, you're yeah. on that show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, like she's like, uh, like, like Susie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like that kind of, that kind of character. And she was like, like a major influence. So uh, there's, there are some people I, I, I drawn, uh, some of the details are taken from others, like Sunny Sunny Wu, the uh, uh, the main Chinese character in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, he's inspired by the magical life of Long Tack Sam, which is a graphic. I guess it's a graphic novel. It's 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 a illustrated uh, biography that somebody did of their I think great grandfather, who was a Chinese acrobat and performer, uh, mm-hmm. and who did all this like touring Chinese magic in the early 20th century and was a big deal. And so I, I just like lifted a bunch of that stuff wholesale. I was like, that's really cool. I'm going to take it, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but yeah, like a lot of the people are like, a lot of people are named after people in my family or have similar names, like the Taylor Yakov Heifetz, like I'm part Heifetz, if you ask, I don't know, like, like I think my great grandmother's maiden name and stuff like that. So a lot of people are, are, are picked like Harry, the guy, uh, who owns the factory? I was my great grandfather who owned uh, his own factory, right. like you know, for a while at least, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of little inspiration here and there. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam, you had something else? I thought, I thought you were. No, it was awesome. It's a, it's, it's funny. I worked for Castle um, Knits factory um, and uh, um, Jewish owned, and um, I was the uh, shipping and receiving supervisor back when I was a youngin. Um, and it was fascinating to see the knitting of the product, you know, taking something from a material and then making it into a, a sweater or whatever it was. They did LL Bean. They they supplied for oh, them. You know, they they um, they were just the, the manufacturer for a lot of places. So it was pretty pretty awesome. I love the fact that you went with this approach, and that's what's great about the independent realm, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not a traditional uh, superhero comic book. It's not a traditional. Um, and the story and the premise is so fascinating. It, it, it just hearing you speak about it is so much heart to it. Um, you know, oh, what's thanks. your ultimate goal for this project? Uh, my ultimate goal is this issue. People read it. They like it, whatever issue two, issue three, issue four, issues, five issues, six. I've got this whole, the 264 page arc got broken up into six issues. That tells the story of how the team comes together uh, it's the, the Shmata is one of the main villains for it, but it's the arc of the Shmata. And there's some other villains that come into later, which I'm like super excited about, but I'm not going to say anything about until like it comes to, I've been biting my tongue on these guys. It's so hard, but I love them. Uh, so it's like telling the story, the origin story, basically of, of the team. And then once you have that, you know, you have the teams come together, they're working. They're basically like the sort of the ghostbusters or like the secret protectors of the supernatural shit that happens in the board. And the main team, people on the team are going to be uh, uh, the two sisters, Rachel, Goldie, uh, uh, Sunny, uh, Nick. And so we're going to deal with different uh, stuff that arises in the Chinese community, the black community, the Jewish community. There's a whole uh, Italian side of things. There's a big like criminal gang thing happening, which like this doesn't even begin to do, but that becomes a major part of the plot later. And so my goal is to sort of tell these stories that interweave like the historical fiction and social issues, if they're labor stuff, if it's crime stuff, if it's just like, you know, racism, sexism, like whatever issues people are facing. Yeah. And then all the supernatural stuff on top of it. So it sort of keeps it like a different take. It's fresh. 
uh, and, and try to weave it together in a way that feels very organic, like you're sort of telling one consistent story and not, you know, trying to just sort of shoehorn things in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my goal for this is just to be like, I've got that first arc, like in my head, maybe it'll take six years to do it at this rate, but whatever <laughs> things take, I've got, I'm, I'm patient as long as I'm still breathing, I'm still going to be writing and making comics. And then after that, I've got like so many issues, so many ideas where to go after that. I mean, I've, I'm not even like, I'm trying not to think about it. Cause every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's a stupid idea. Like right on the computer on my long list of like, I like later ideas, you know, right. but I've, I've got a pretty good sense of, I think where I want to take everything. Uh, but yeah, I'm focused on the first, <laughs> the first six years, <laughs> which <it> seems like, <laughs> you know, unless my artist suddenly like, I don't know, becomes an AI, <laughs> transforms himself into like a machine that can just crank it out. But I don't think he, and that's one thing too. It's interesting working with him and hearing a lot of people talk about, uh, about AI and comics and generative, uh, images. Uh, they can't do what he's doing. It's just like, there's like. I mean, an AI could make a thing, uh, but it's not going to be what he does. And it's not going to be customized. It's not going to be the kind of thing you can go back and say, do it slightly differently. It's going to be exactly what I want. You yeah. realize that working with people like this guy's bringing something that's special because it's his very specific style. It's his sensibility. And that's not something that you can you can train uh, yeah. very easily on, you know? Yeah, no, I agreed, man. I agreed. Now, this has been great. All right, you, you, you really, you're going to kill it, man. This thing launches. What time are you launching tomorrow? Uh, Let's say like twelve or one in the morning. I didn't sure. give a time to launch, but if I'm up and at like midnight, which I will be, because I'll still be like emailing people, and be like, "Hey, here's the thing that's happening." I'm just gonna click go and uh, tell people. So as of midnight, you can uh, you can yeah stop pledging. You, you you can click, buddy. That's right. There you go. So, all right. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you uh, there's a screen. I want you to give you a elevator pitch. Why everyone should pick up this book and back it when you launch it. So uh, here you go. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm talking about Warren's number one. Uh, it's a totally different story than any of you, uh, any other kind you read. It takes place in 1920s Toronto, a Jewish, Chinese, black neighborhood, multicultural, supernatural crime action, lots of fun, uh, totally different than probably what you're expecting out of a comic book, but it's something I hope you enjoy. Uh, and the art is dope. That's all I got to say. <laughs> awesome. There's the word. There's that word dope. I'm telling you. It came back. It came back. You were ready. He had him ready. Oh, I, had, right. I used to have this t-shirt that said, life's too big. Uh, was it life's too good to be thin? Live fat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have worn that. That was great. Uh, all right. This has been fun, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you and good luck with the project. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Eh? Yeah, all right guys yeah i love the premise too yes uh within the historical context absolutely i love, I that. love that. that it's a whole new twist to it that's what's fascinating that's what intrigues me about the, yeah. the whole indie game it's like um there's so much out there there's so many stories there's so many perspectives in the game and there's so much to choose from you know and um and and then you know if we don't provide platforms like this to showcase um, these stories and these artists, you know, how else are they going to get the word out, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, again, if you haven't checked it out, the links in the, in this, in the chat, it's also in the summary, check yeah. it out. I also think Ari's enthusiasm is, is contagious, right? Yes. Like he's excited about it. So we're excited about it and kudos to him, uh, yeah. for coming in, coming in hot and just, you know, he, he had, he, he wanted to say something about the topic we were talking about. We went into his story. So, 
Excellent job, Ari. Good luck with the project. Warden's number one. It uh, it launches tomorrow yeah. or at midnight um, on, uh, on Instagram. 44 pages, full color. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Yeah, man. Fantastic show. Great topics. Um, you know, and uh, and uh, great, a lot of great questions in the chat, too, which is pretty yeah, dope. Yeah, man. Uh -oh. Big shout out to everybody in the chat. Dan, Hugo. Uh, I know JD was in here for a little bit. Uh, yeah, Mr. Aurelis, obviously Lupin, yeah, uh, Lupin's, you know, Rick was in the house. What up, Rick? Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, we had a nice, a nice lively discussion. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And next week we got the, we got the goons, bro. Next week we got the ah, goombas. Cool. We, 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 we got La Familia. We got the, the, the dynamic duo, Marks Saparito and Daniel Russomano. And they're back on the show. These guys are fantastic. That yeah, you talk about energy. They're these great. two. These guys are they now? I'm, 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 are they coming with Arroyos Capoyos? No, I think they're coming solo. It's just the two of them. Solo. Wow, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So, if you haven't seen yeah. these guys, uh, if you haven't seen these guys, they're, you know, they're a friend of ours, hey. right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, um, uh, these guys, uh, again, what's the name of the book? Um, that's a good question. I we're, we're gonna find out next week. <laughs> we're <laughs> going to find out next week. Oh, yes, it's, it's uh, the name of the book is New Dawning. Okay, there you go. Yes, uh, the name I go under Mark's up on Instagram. Yeah, Dark yeah. Form Cometh. Uh, it's New Dawning. Uh, so that's what they're going to be talking about uh, next week, which is going to be a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, uh, that's going to uh, be good. The last one was amazing. Um, yeah, I wonder if we're going to have Pischetti's. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> they're good guys, man. Mark and Danny, we're going to have a good time. Make sure you tune in to that next week. We're going to yeah, be talking yeah, to them. Yeah about their new book they're excited about it so it's gonna yeah new dawning that's what it's called yep so yep. yeah so that's gonna be a good time so yeah, make sure yeah, you yeah. check it out yeah those guys are a lively bunch loving it loving it and uh so yeah again so again if you like this episode give us a thumbs up don't forget hit that subscribe button share it with a friend let us let everybody know where you got it from and if you're listening to us on spotify or pandora or apple podcast um head over to the youtube channel subscribe as well right leave a comment give us some a rating on a lot of these platforms um i think on on um podbeam we have six thousand downloads already nice. um which is pretty dope um and uh yes thank you and um you go thanks buddy. and don't forget to check out the art of samuel the art of samuel is my art channel a lot of behind the scenes how i prep for a convention packing for a convention how i build up my presentations, learnings, conventions where I made money, conventions where I didn't make any money, all these things and things to consider, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And also check out, just did a uh, live stream with Lou Pons, um, which is fantastic. Um, you want to check out her work, check out that live stream. We're going to do a part two coming up soon. We're working that out. And um, and then if you're in Texas, yo, I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to be everywhere. So if you didn't get your duty on, you meet me at any one of these fantastic conventions. I'll, I'll, I'll be everywhere in Texas this year. Every month I have something going on, which is dope. Looking forward to that. Um, and you, George. Yeah, man. I'll be I'll be out there with you in Texoma doing yep. my thing out there. I'm also going to be hitting up Chicago uh, this year. I'm going to be in uh, Massachusetts for a couple of conventions, hitting up Baltimore. So oh, I'm gonna be making my rounds, but make sure you also go to um get your meds on YouTube, sign up to the not sign up, subscribe to the channel, and uh, check out some of the stuff that I have on there. I have a show called The Art of Comic Writing, where I speak to comic book uh, writers, not just comic book writers, but writers in general, and we have a nice discussion about the art of writing. So check that out, and uh, don't forget that I'm gonna be I'm releasing the uh, the old footage. What happened? 
25th anniversary. Yeah, 25th anniversary of uh, Russ, my it's character, Russ 5377. 25 años. Uh, we're still being made my favorite, so just yeah. so. Yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna be releasing that book. Look for it at the uh, at the shows that I'm gonna be going to, and also if you subscribe to the uh, channel, hit me up. Let me know you subscribe, and I'll send you a PDF of the book. So yeah, that's what I got going on, Dog. The book, the book. Yeah, absolutely. So another fantastic show. Thank you, everybody in the chat. You guys were a fantastic audience. Um, we'll see you all next week. Thank you again to Ari. Uh, much success to you on your Kickstarter. And uh, so with that said, good night, Aurelis. I'm sick. Crazy man, Vera. George the Dreamer Medina. And Please. we are. Crazy. 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 You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze.